Greetings, everyone. We'll be reading today Jeremiah 48 to 49.22 for October 25th. Let's pray. Lord, we acknowledge you for your presence, Lord. We acknowledge you for our friendship, Lord. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us call upon his name. Lord, we call upon you that we should be saved from our enemies. For as the sun rises, surely you will appear as we seek and look for you, Lord. We ask you to come into our hearts and our minds through this word of the reading of the book of Jeremiah. Bless our minds and anoint us, Lord, as we all talk and think about your words. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I can read. read. You would like to read? Today, yes. Yeah. Okay, Jeremiah 48, 1 to 49, 22. This message was given concerning Moab. This is what the Lord of heaven armies, the God of Israel, says. What sorrow awaits the city of Nebo? It will soon lie in ruins. The city of Kirathim will be humiliated and captured. The fortress will be humiliated and broken down. No one will ever brag about Moab again, for in Heshbon (coughs) there is a plot to destroy her. Come, they say, we will cut her off from being a nation. The town of Madmen, too, will be silenced. The sword will follow <coughs> you there. Listen to the cries from Haranaim. Haron cries of devastation and great destruction. All Moab is destroyed. Her little ones will cry out. Her refugees weep bitterly climbing the slope to Luhith. They cry out in terror, descending the slope to Haranim. Flee for your lives, hide in the wilderness, because you have trusted in your wealth and skill. You will be taken captive. Your god Chemosh, with his priests and officials, will be hauled off to the distant lands, to distant lands. All the towns will be destroyed. No one will escape either on the plateaus or in the valleys, for the Lord has spoken. Oh, that Moab Moab had wings so she could fly away, for her towns will be empty, with no one living in them. Cursed are those who refuse to do the Lord's work, who hold back their swords from shedding blood. From his earliest history, Moab has lived in peace, never going into exile. He is like wine that has been allowed to settle. He has not been poured from flask to flask, and he is now fragrant and smooth. But the time is coming soon, says the Lord, when I will send men to pour him to pour him from his jar. They will pour him out, then shatter the jar. At last Moab will be ashamed of his idol Chemosh as the people of Israel were ashamed of their gold calf at Bethel. You used to boast, we are heroes, mighty men of war, but now Moab and its towns will be destroyed. His promising youth are doomed to slaughter. His most promising youth are doomed to slaughter, says the king whose name is the Lord of heaven armies. Destruction is coming fast for Moab. Calamity threatens ominously Your friends of Moab weep for him and cry. 
see how strong scepter, strong scepter is broken? See how strong the scepter is broken? How the beautiful staff is shattered? Come down from your glory and sit in dust, you people of Dibon. For those who destroy Moab will shatter Dibon too. They will tear down all your towers, you people of Aror. Stand beside the road and watch. Shout to those who flee from Moab. What has happened there? And the reply comes back. Moab lies in ruin, disgrace, weep, and wail. Tell it by the banks of the Aaron River. Arnon River. Moab has been destroyed. Judgment has been poured out on the towns of the plateau, on Holon and Jahaz and Mepath, on Dibon and Nebo and Beth Dib Debalathium, on <laughs> Kirathium and Beth Gamul and Beth Mion, on Kiroth and Bozrah, all the towns of Moab near and far and near. The strength of Moab has ended. His arm has been broken, says the Lord. Let him stagger and fall like a drunkard, for he has rebelled against the Lord. Moab will wallow in his own vomit, ridiculed by all. Did you not ridicule the people of Israel? Were they caught in the company of thieves, that you should despise them as you do, you people of Moab? Flee from your towns and live in the caves. Hide like doves that nest in the clefts of the rocks. We have all heard the pride of Moab. For his pride is very great. We know of his lofty pride, his arrogance and haughty heart. I know about his insolence, says the Lord. But his boasts are empty, as empty as deeds. So now I will... So now I wail for Moab. Yes, I will mourn for Moab. My heart is broken for the men of Kir Haresh. You people of Sibma, rich in vineyards, I will weep for you even more than I did for Jazir. <coughs> Your spreading vines once reached as far as the Dead Sea. But the destroyer has stripped you bare. He has harvested your grapes and summer fruits. Joy and gladness are gone from fruitful Moab. The presses yield no wine. No one treads the grapes with shouts of joy. There's nothing. There is shouting, yes, but not of joy. Instead, their awful cries of terror can be heard from Heshbon clear across to Elia and Jahaz, from Zor all the way to Haronium and Eglath. Shilisha. Even the waters of Nimrim are dried up now. <laughs> I will put an end to Moab, says the Lord, for the people offer sacrifice as the pagan shrines and burn incense to their false gods. My heart moans like a flute for Moab and Kirharesh, for all their wealth has disappeared. The people shave their heads and beards in mourning. They slash their hands and put on clothes made of burlap. There's crying and sorrow in every Moabite home and on every street. For I have smashed Moab like an old unwanted jar. How is it shattered? Hear the wailing. See the shame of Moab. It's become an object of ridicule, an example of ruin to all its neighbors. This is what the Lord says. Look, the enemy swoops down like an eagle, spreading his wings over Moab. Its cities will fall, and its strongholds will be seized. 
Even the mightiest warriors will be in anguish, like a woman in labor. Moab will no longer be a nation, for it has boasted against the Lord. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, O Moab, says the Lord. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap, and those who escape the trap will step into a snare. I will see to it that you do not get away, for the time of judgment has come, says the Lord. The people flee as far as Heshbon, but are unable to go on, for a fire comes from Heshbon. King uh, Sihon ate ancient home to devour the entire land with all its rebellious people. O Moab, they weep for you. The people of of the god Chemosh are destroyed. Your sons and daughters have been taken away as captives, but I will restore the fortunes of Moab in the days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the end of Jeremiah's prophecy concerning Moab. This message was given concerning the Ammonites. This is what the Lord says. Are there no descendants of Israel to inherit the land of Gad? Why are you who worship Molech living in its towns? In the days to come, says the Lord, I will sound the battle cry against your city, Rabbah. It will become a desolate heap of ruins, and the neighboring towns will be burned. Then Israel will take back the land you took from her, says the Lord. Cry out, O Heshbon, for the town of Ai is destroyed. Weep, O people of Rabbah. Put on your clothing of mourning. Weep and wail, hiding in the hedges, for your God, Molech, with its priests and officials, will be hauled off to distant lands. You are proud of the fertile valleys, but they will soon be ruined. You trusted in your wealth, you rebellious daughter, and I thought and thought no one could ever harm you. But look, I will bring terror upon you, says the Lord, the heavens armies your neighbors will chase you from your land and no one will help your exiles as they flee but i will restore the fortunes of the ammonites in the days to come i the lord have spoken this message was given concerning edom this is what the lord of heaven army says is there no wisdom in timon is there no one left to give wise counsel turn and flee Hide in deep caves, you people of Dedan, for when I bring disaster on Edom, I will punish you too. Those who harvest grapes always leave a few for the poor. If thieves came at night, they would not take everything. But I strip bare the land of Edom, and there will be no place left to hide. Its children, its brothers, its neighbors will all be destroyed, and Edom itself will be no more. But I will protect the orphans who remain among you. Your widows, too, can depend on me for help. And this is what the Lord says. If the innocent must suffer now, how much more must you? You will not go unpunished. You must drink this cup of judgment. For I have sworn by my own name, says the Lord, that Basra will become an object of horror and heap of ruins. It will be mocked and cursed. All the towns and villages will be desolate forever. I have heard a message from the Lord that an ambassador was sent to the nations to save from a coalition against Edom and prepare for battle. The Lord says to Edom, I will cut you down to size among the nations. You will be despised by all. You have been deceived by the fear you inspire in others and your own pride. 
you live in a rock fortress and control the mountain heights but if you make your nest among the peaks with the eagles i will bring you crashing down says the lord edom will be an object of horror all who pass by will be appalled and will gasp at the destruction they see there it will be like the destruction of sodom and gomorrah and their neighboring towns, says the lord no one will live there no one will inhabit it I will come like a lion from the thickets of the Jordan, leaping on the sheep in the pasture. I will chase Edom from its land, and I will appoint the leader of my choice. For who is like me, and who can, and who can challenge me? What ruler can oppose my will? Listen to the Lord's plan against Edom and the people of Timon. Even the little children will be dragged off like sheep and their homes will be destroyed. The earth will shake with the noise of Edom's fall and his cry of despair will be heard all the way to the Red Sea. Look, the enemy swoops down like an eagle, spreading its wings over Basra. Even the mightiest warriors will be in anguish like a woman in labor. Wow. 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 Thank you very much. That was a long reading. A long reading and I just... (laughs) For the people, you know. Yeah, thank you for. Uh, I just feet. wanted to point out a couple of things here that um, it says real fast, like, but I will protect the orphans who remain yes. among you. Your widows too can depend on me for help. And I was wondering how many uh, institutions out there, like feed the children programs, you know, especially in Africa, there's so many uh, tore, wore down um, orphans and widows trying to keep their kids alive and so forth you know it would um really interesting how institutions or men that have ability and women can can make uh feeding programs for these people and education like you know there's a lot of there's a lot of them out there that we don't know of uh so I want to thank God for his great love and his goodness. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the... Uh, yes, please, on this one. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah. Moab was one of two nations descended from Abraham's nephew, Lot. One of the two nations. At that time of Jeremiah, the Moabites felt self-assured because they were relatively free from the military reach of the Babylonians. Moab thought it was invisible because of its strong location between the Arnon River and the Sered Brook east of the Dead Sea. Yet its pride became its downfall. Pride destroys nations as well as individuals. It deludes us into believing that we can take care of ourselves without God. Even serving God and others can lead us into pride. Even serving God and serving others can lead us into pride. Yes. Pride includes thinking of ourselves as better than others and taking personal credit for what God has done. From my experience, it's not reading the Bible is when serving others or serving God in the church, pride will kick in. You know, just you have to be in the Word of God that breaks up your heart Mm -hmm. and uh, you control yourself. Control. Control. God cannot stand pride. He does not condemn our taking satisfaction in what we do. Okay, satisfaction is good. A, well, a job well done. 
but he stands against overestimates of our own importance. We need to have an honest estimate of ourselves, Romans 12, 3. Take inventory of our lives and service for God. We ask God to point out and remove any pride we may be harboring. And remember, boys and girls, this is for adults, for mature people that ask God, Okay, God, I give myself, do do to me as you would to to take out my pride. Uh Uh-oh, watch out. Yeah. (laughs) So the best way that I found out is to do what we're doing. Set a time aside and open the Bible and get into it and make our lazy, stubborn body to uh, to enjoy and love the Word of God as we've been doing it. We've been doing this for about six, seven years now. Yeah. Or maybe long. Ever since longer. we've been married, we've been we've in been the... Re- yeah, but the, the 365... Well, we've always read the Bible together. But the 365 we put into place a few years after our marriage. Yeah, so what we're having is... Uh, easier easier for us we don't put it we, we put other things aside yes and it's, it's easier as time goes by yes yeah you know the pride thing is what i mean after all of this destruction that was going to take place clearly it's because they're worshiping they're not worshiping god they're they got the idols on the forefront so you know we you know it's that's why that's happening but I picked up exactly what this reading picked up about pride is very, it says here in, um, I don't know, 29, we have all heard of the pride of Moab for his pride is very great. We know of his lofty pride, his arrogance and his haughty heart. So, um, you know, there's a scripture that pride comes before the fall, right? And that's what they mentioned in the study. And, and, you know, it's good to evaluate ourselves, and this is a way of evaluating ourselves. As we read the Word of God, you know, God will point something out. Hey, Anna, maybe you have some pride here. You know, you think you're better than that other person because you know the Bible more. I mean, I'm like, uh, you, you think it's not there, but I, I, you know, anyway, um, I get frustrated sometimes. Well, you know, you should know better. You know, read your Bible, you know. But um, I think it's just uh, pride can really ruin a lot when we think of ourselves higher up than somebody else. So uh, that brings out the other point. Pride was there for a reason and for us to, to use it properly. All it is is use it properly. It's a safety mechanism. So we thank God for our bad actions and yeah. pride that we, we, we have learned our lessons. I thank you, God, for my pride. It got yeah. me into a lot of trouble. Yes. And then God is able to uh, to arrest the pride and then use it for our good. We take pride in our work. We take pride in satisfaction that we have acknowledged God. You know, we take pride that we're doing the things that feels good to the soul. But in uh, Jeremiah 48, verse 7 says, Because you have trusted in your wealth yes. and skill, wow. <laughs> you will yeah. be taken captives. Your God, Chemosh, with his priests and officials will be hauled off to distant lands. All the towns will be destroyed. So, you know, uh, I we pray every day. Let's go ahead and pray. God, give us uh, self-awareness for this day. Help us to understand, Lord, that all good things come from your mercy and from your hand. And we thank you for the people that don't have anything to eat right at the moment. Lord, who are have no fresh water right. and not not a place to sleep, we pray, Lord God, that you will provide for them. Heal their wounds, Lord, and heal their lands, Lord. 
with your blessing, Lord, of honor and glory and majesty forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. uh, Let me go ahead and read uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 22. Uh, I, Paul, solemnly urge you, Timothy. Did I read the, excuse me, did I, I didn't read you read the... I read the commentary. Yeah, for Jeremiah. So Let me is, read the commentary before I read, just as, uh, as awareness. It was important for Timothy to preach the good news so that the Christian faith could spread throughout the world. We know the good news about Jesus Christ today because people like Timothy were faithful to their mission. It is still vitally important for believers to spread the good news. More than half the people in the world today do not know Christ. He is coming soon, and he wants to find his faithful believers ready for him. Sharing God's good news is the most important responsibility Christians have been given. Be prepared for an insensitive, be prepared for and sensitive to God's spirit when he gives you the opportunity to share the good news. Be courageous when those opportunities come and know that God will be with you and give you his strength. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 4. I, Paul, solemnly urge you, Timothy, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good news, the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the price awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the price is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Timothy, please, come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone on to Thessalonica. Crescent has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Dalmeda. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when he comes for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left, Carpus at Thros. Also bring my books. And especially my papers. <laughs> Books and papers. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against him. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I may preach the good news in its entirely for all the Gentiles to hear and he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. 
Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and those living in the household of one Sephorus. Aristus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophy Moose sick at Miletus. Do your best to get her before winter. Eubulus sends you greetings, and so do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the other brothers and sisters. May the Lord be with your spirit, and may his grace be with you all. Amen and amen. Anything to add to that? Just that um, the good news. There's good news. So that ought to excite us today. So what we, is the good news? Anna? Yeah, we woke up today and we ought to acknowledge that the good news is Jesus is with us. He's for us. He's fighting the good fight with us. We're not alone. Well, yeah, um, amen. The good news is that we can transfer all our hurts, pains, yes. uh, all our guilt and shame. Yes. All our... our, our Condemnation, f- yes. All of our... Um, all of our actions that we ever did, um, we can, we know that Jesus has already satisfied all our judgments at the cross, um, and that doesn't mean that we're not going to miss the mark. But we know that we're covered by the blood. In fact, we're going to, as as believers in Jesus and what He did, the finished work that He did for us, we don't have to carry those burdens anymore. Of oh, I'm such a bad person, blah, blah, blah. I did this back when I was in seventh grade or, you know, before I got married or whatever. We don't have to carry that shame anymore because Jesus already nailed it to the cross. And we have to see that happening because then if we take continue to take that condemnation on ourselves, what happens is we, we acknowledge that I'm my own savior. Huh. I'm sorry, but I cannot be my own savior. I'm just not good at it. <laughs> so um, it, it's it's good to acknowledge that Jesus did the work for us already and we don't have to work and earn that i don't have to fast for 10 days in order to make it to heaven all i have to say by faith jesus i believe that you died on the cross for me jesus you rose from the dead for me and jesus i'm seated in the heavenly places with you and so therefore i work towards from a heavenly perspective not the earthly perspective not that things are going on in the world right now all the inflation the floods and this and that i I can access heaven to, to what is it that Anna needs today from, from Jesus and he will supply it. I just got to take from him. I got to take everything that's the inheritance from the cross, which means my provision, my daily, my daily need for the day, whatever that is, you know, the grace I need for my trial I might be going through, um, the healing I might need if the enemy wants to attack me with some kind of uh, sickness or whatever. You know, there's so many avenues that we can we can take from Jesus. We just have to go straight to him as our provider. And uh, he will. He is willing to supply. Just like he supplied um, when, when they didn't ha- catch a fish all night. He said, throw it on the right side. And what did he do? Peter threw it on the right side. And guess what? The fish came through and it was multiplied more than they could ever know and they could pay their taxes with that money. But but what I'm saying is that whatever we put in Jesus' hands, if he multiplies and fixes. And so that's what we can count on today. Good news. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You know, it's so important that we remember that we've been enlightened with with the presence of God when we said yes to Jesus. Yes, yes. And we have to build on that on that down payment which is the Holy Spirit. Yes. 
and that we know we've been saved. So from right there, you start thanking God, and don't and try and don't look for extraordinary uh, signs and wonders. And we have to build on that through the Word of God. Yes. Don't make the mistake of running here, running there, and taking the time, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get to a, a session when you could have spent that time yes. alone reading the 20, 30 right. minutes of the Word of God and being in the presence of God and enlarging in your own obedience. Amen. The obedience of reading the Word of God is the love and it's, it's the flame that we create to guard us against the evil out there. Yes. And remember that every time your shame, your your greed, your anger, anything that pops up from, from your feelings from the past or the devil tempting you, start talking to those things. Say, hey, thank you. You just remind me to thank God for you. You know, punch them in the nose. Punch your thoughts in the, in the nose. If you're drinking alcohol, hey, alcohol, thank you. You just reminded me to thank God for you. That's the new instructions we're to live on. We're supposed to thank God for anger, pride, any negativity, lust, pornography. Just start thanking him for that. About the eight failure, they, it won't be able to approach you anymore. It will diminish. God's power through thanksgiving will diminish it. A lot of people can't do that. 50% of the people listening to that, they say, well, I can't do that. And they, they go right back to the mud. You know, because again, like Anna said, they're being their own savior. They're figuring, well, God doesn't act that way. And God says, I'm sovereign. I do what I want. All right. I wanted to say Hosea 6.3 says, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rain, like the spring rains that waters the earth. Hosea 6.3 Again, that's our match to light the day. Our match is acknowledging the Lord. When the, when the lamp goes and lights up the day, the sun, that is the Lord coming back to us. We have an instinct, the Holy Spirit, to go run towards the source, to the reservoir, which is God. Amen. Right here it says, Let us kneel before the Lord, our Creator of the universe, and thank Him for caring for us now. Thank you, Lord, for caring for us now. We kneel before you, Lord, God of the universe, and we thank you for all the care you care for us and you constantly provide for us in Jesus' name. Amen. you have anything else to add to um, that? Just that, like you said, spending time in the Word of God will will help us in these times where there, it, where there will be a lot of teachings out there that are not lining up with the truth. So you want to be prepared to have your spirit intact as far as knowing what the truth is. And that's what he also says here. Timothy says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to the sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. So, you know... Be very careful to discern what the Word of God says. The Word of God, again, he, he mentions, will um, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage you. The teaching is meant to do that. Amen. The Word of God is doing the hard work, folks. And the hard work is sticking our nose into the Bible. Our bodies don't want to do it. No. You know, having a regular reading. That's why the 365 Bible is great. 
It is so wonderful the way it's been structured. Get yourself your copy, New Living Testament. Uh, the people are wonderful. And they have created a lot of variations of a lot of Bibles. I'm very grateful for the company we keep, which are diligent, wonderful people of God, the company of God, the procession, the family of God. Amen. Psalms 95 to 96.13 says, Come, family, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people He watches over, the flock under His care. If only you will listen to His voice today. The Lord says, Don't harden your hearts as Israel did at Meribah, as they did at Massah in the wilderness. For there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw everything I did. For forty years I was angry with them, and I said, They are a people whose hearts turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise His name, for each day proclaim the good news that He saves. Publish His glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things He does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty will fill his sanctuary. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all his splendor. Holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. Tell all the nations, the Lord reigns. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. He will judge all people fairly. He will judge all people fairly. I said he will. He is fair. The Lord reigns. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest rustle with praise. Before the Lord, for He is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with His truth. Amen. Proverbs 26, 9-12 through 12. A proverb in the mouth of a fool is like a thorny branch brandished by a drunk. An employer who hires a fool or a bystander is like an archer who shoots at random. As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. There is more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. <laughs> Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Thank you, everyone, for showing up today. Thank you, Heavenly Thank you, Father, Lord. for giving us your presence. And you you came and you answered our prayer. We ask you for your pre-sense, your common sense to be with us and warm our hearts. And thank you for warming our hearts with your word today. Yes, God. And thank you, Lord, that you will go before us today, this day, doing things for us that we cannot do for ourselves with signs and wonders that you're here with us. A butterfly, a bird, an unexpected contact. Lord, you are mighty and creative of all the earth. We worship you and we praise you. And we thank you for all the people listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.